Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Luke chapter 9. And uh, we're just going to do a little bit of review from two weeks ago uh, in, in this area. And Sunday morning, I'm going to finish up the, 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 the entirety of this lesson on being blessed, broken, and given. But with our exodus that we are in and the theme that God's given us this year, uh, this principle is so important for us to understand. And uh, let me just say this, even with that, as you're looking, how many know when God brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt, there was nobody feeble, nobody sick, and nobody broke? They plundered the Egyptians. So God brought his people out in Exodus. God brought his people out of sickness. He brought them out of slavery. He brought them out of poverty. There, there was no sick. There was no feeble. And there was no broke people amongst them. And so I'm encouraging you to release your faith for what God wants to do. When he takes his people through a season... When God brings a season into our life of doing something and reveals what he's trying to do, it's so important that we agree with it. Life conditions you to unbelief. Life conditions us to unbelief. We have things that are long-term. We have things we've dealt with, things we've believed for. It doesn't look like they're changing. But God, in the middle of what looks like not changing, brings breakthrough in our life. And it's so important that we agree and you begin to speak in agreement with what God's doing. Amen? So, so important that we do that. So whatever God's doing, just believe. Believe this is your year to come out and not to be feeble in any way, not to have hindrances, not to have restriction, to get over on sickness and disease. Amen. A year for healing and a year to break poverty off of our life. I've never known a Christian who did not desire to be able to do more for the kingdom of God than what they're able to do. You know, Cole talked about, wouldn't it be cool to write a million-dollar check? Well, just think, if you could write the check, it meant you had more than a million. If you could release that, then how many know what I'm saying? So when God wants to do things, he always gives us the provision. And then whenever he asks us to do it, he always said, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to multiply the seed that you sow. So why not believe that God wants to use you in a greater way than you could even think or imagine? And, and that's what he got. How many know God brought them out to a place that was beyond what they could imagine? Listen to what he said. You're going to enter into home, and you're going to have land. You're going to have that you didn't build and vineyards that you didn't plant. You're going to take all this stuff in the blessing of God. So learning to agree with God is so important, especially in a season where God is declaring an exodus over our lives. And I love it because God, uh, as we've been going through this, as I'm uh, hearing from other pastors and other leaders and even churches clean across the country, that it's the same thing, that there's there's an exodus and a season that God is doing. So there's a corporate work that God does. He didn't just isolate, but it's, it's cool when, when we can hear the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so learning how to tap into that. So this principle of learning how to live by being blessed, broken, and given is just a, a true principle that works in our life. I want to read, let's just read Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17, and then we'll get into this. And just tonight, I just want to do a review and break it down and, and give us just a couple of areas of thought to think about. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place. And many times what they're saying, they're saying, Here's this need before us, and it's greater than we can even comprehend being able to meet. 
And when God wants to use you, it's always going to be at a place where we can't see where the resource is going to come from. How are you going to do that? Even when it comes to witnessing to somebody, we're always going to feel bankrupt. We're going to feel in unqualified. I don't have the resources. I, I don't, I, what am I going to say? So there's always that need where we're just need to be dependent upon him. But if we can just agree that God wants to move and wants to do something, then we get to see the provision of heaven flow through our lives. Verse 13, and he said to them, we're not going to send them away. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men, and if you break that, that includes women and children beyond that, and, and And he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and he made all of them sit down. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and the 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up. And so the, the word filled there also is translated as satisfied. So here's all this great need, and the disciples got to see God meet a need and fully satisfied. That means they ate not just enough, but they ate, everybody was completely satisfied. Somebody didn't go, hey, is there any more? It's like, okay, do you want seconds? Do you want, do you, how many know what I'm saying? Everybody was full. And that's the way God works. And so it's so important to learn how to hear the word of God. And then for me, when I read these, we ask ourselves, is Jesus just showing off? And see, watch, watch what I can do with this, guys. So why is he doing that? So there has to be more. And, and, and I said it two weeks ago on Sunday morning. He doesn't have an ego problem. He doesn't have an identity problem. He doesn't need to prove himself to anyone. He knows exactly who he is. He had no problem. So what is the purpose of feeding the multitude? He must be trying to teach his disciples something. So, so, so this is a lesson. This is, he's discipling his disciples. Because it's not long that he's going to hand this thing over to them. So whatever he's teaching them, we need to learn. Because the baton's been handed to us. This kingdom's been handed over to us. It's our job to keep this thing going. And when we run our race, we need to pass this baton to the next generation. And so this lesson has to be learned, and then it has to be handed down. Are you with me? So important. So look at the cover of your outline in this. God's plan for our life and for his church is one that brings his divine order and purpose to our life. The life of Christ is an illustration to humanity on how to live to purpose. Think about that. And then when we understand that peace always flows from purpose. My most stressful times in life is when I'm pushing myself outside of what I know is God's purpose for my life. When I'm trying to make something happen, when I'm trying to bring it, bring it about myself, those are stressful times. We have to understand there's a threefold cord that flows through everything that is complete. I mean, oh, God wants you to live a life that is complete. And so there, there's this principle here. Three is the number of divine perfection. In our lives, that cord is seen in this illustration. Jesus is teaching his disciples about being blessed by being received. You're blessed. And, and, and if I, I mean, I, I've tried for so many years. I mean, all these years being in ministry, I, if I feel like I, I identify with Peter. He says, for me to say the same thing over and over is not grievous to me. And so sometimes, here's a key to understanding the scriptures. Hearing it doesn't mean much unless you get it. 
hearing, until it gets in you and begins to work through you, you haven't really heard it yet. You listen to it, but you're supposed to read. James says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. So until the truth gets engrafted in you and becomes a part, and when you graft a branch into another branch, when that gets grafted in, it, that, that graft is successful only when the grafted in branch begins to produce. Are you with me? It has to begin to produce. So for you and I, when we're grafted in, then when we're grafted into this root of the Word of God, we're grafted into the Word. So when we get grafted in there, then our lives have to begin producing. If we're frustrated by not seeing the Word come to pass or the fruit of God's Word in our life, then there's something missing in the engrafting process. Are you doing all right? And so I have to ask myself, am I grafted in or am I, or am I just tied on the outside? You know, because I, I can walk around carrying this all. The, see, the, D- David said, your word have I hid in my heart. And so the word, and, and that's the parable of the sower, that the sower sows the word and it gets in our heart. And when it gets in our heart, then that seed produces some 30, some 60, and 100 fold. And Jesus said in the parable of the sower, he said, if it's not producing, these are the reasons that it's not producing. And you can find that in all of our lives, we all have that place of of being wayside ground. There are certain things that I can just read the Bible to you and you won't like it. I don't even have to say, I can just read the verse to you and you won't like it. And you'll be way, it'll be way, you'll be wayside ground to that word. It'll lay there, and as soon as you get outside, the birds will eat it or the wind will blow it away. That thing's not going to take root. It's not going to take ground because your heart is hard in that area. We get heart. There's certain things. Bless. We get that bless God heart. Bless God. I'm right. Amen. Or, or whatever it is, we did. We just get that that hard area, and so the word's just not going to produce in our life in that area. And if there's a promise connected to that word, then if I want to see the promise, I'm just going to be frustrated because I don't see it. And so if I can come back to it, and then if I'm just shallow, I believe a little bit. But then if this is going to be too hard to see it come to pass, and I get persecuted for the word's sake when I'm standing on the word, if it's going to cost me something to stand on this, then when persecution comes, then we give up. It gets a little hard. And it gets burned up. The word gets burned up for that. And then we get the word in our life, and then the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, and the cares of this world entering in, and the word that was producing... Choke the word. And that's the area where we have to live constantly in, a, in our life is that we're constantly watching out for those things that would come in and choke the word. So you have to be a good gardener of your own heart. Because Jesus said, but the good ground is when the word gets sown in a man's heart and then the word produces by its own inherent power. The word is a seed that contains a harvest on the inside of it. And Jesus said when that word gets into the good ground of a man or woman's heart, it will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. So if I back up my life, I say, wait a minute, how come I'm not receiving the 30, 60? How come I'm not seeing the multiplied harvest of God's word in my life? So that's why I go back and examine myself. Well, no, the devil's been attacking me. No, you got funky ground. You got heart issues. 
Amen? This is an area you can't blame on anybody. You cannot blame your heart on anybody else. Doing all right? You can't, your heart is your heart. It can't, be, it can't be transferred over to anybody else. And so when the, the, the word, here's the promise of God's word, that it gets down in it. And so it, 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 just by being received by him, and the moment I come to him, watch what happens. He washes us. He cleanses The word of God, we're washed by the washing of the water of the word. He cleanses us. He gets all the junk out of our life. We're made completely brand new. We're redeemed. We're given brand new life in Christ. He gets all the junk out of our He makes us perfect soil. We are redeemed soil when we get born again to receive this word sown in our heart. We're doing all right? And so that's the area. When we come to him, we give our lives to him. At that moment, the moment you give your life to Christ, you are blessed. You're blessed. He, He received. They gave them what they have. He received it. And he blessed it. The moment you give it to him, he blesses it. His receiving your life means you are blessed. Amen. All the rest of this week, somebody says, how you doing? Just say this, blessed. How you doing? I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Just say that. Oh, really? What does that mean? I've given my life to Christ. He's received me. I'm blessed. You can wait right there. Okay. Amen. But wait a minute, you need to hear yourself say it. Because yeah. most time, instead of saying, I'm blessed, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Did you hear about that? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? Wait a minute. I've given my life to Christ. My life just hid in Him. My Father knows that I have need of what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to live, what I'm going to eat. He knows that I need all these things. And if I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, He said He will provide them for me. So my blessing is already settled. My life is already blessed. I live knowing that I am blessed. So now that I know that I'm blessed, I can allow him to define my life through brokenness with his purpose. Because he receives the bread and then he takes it and then he breaks it by defining it to his purpose. Not yours, not mine. This is phase two is the hardest part for us to get through. Because we all have great ideas of what we want to do for God. Amen. Amen. And the Lord said, no, I want to break you and give you away to that person. I want to break you and give you away to that person. I want to break you and, and, and feed that person. I, I want to m- supply the need to that person by breaking you and giving you away to them. Well, Lord, I can think of better things you could do with my life. Have you really looked at my qualifications? Haven't you checked out all these amazing gifts that I have? Can we just, could I help you with this? And so, but brokenness being defined by purpose is allowing him to send you. See, the, a, a, a great way to illustrate this is in Acts chapter 13. The Apostle Paul is there with Barnabas in there in Antioch. And Paul has been saved somewhere between 9 to 14 years. By the time you get from Acts chapter 9 to Acts chapter 13, a space of about 9 to 14 years has transpired in Paul's life. 
depending upon how you do your Bible research and which, which historians you read. But Paul and Barnabas have been traveling. They've been teaching in, in churches. They've been planning churches. They've been going and doing Bible schools and discipling and doing all this stuff for a year. And then they're there at Antioch and they're praying. And now the Lord says, now, 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 the Holy Ghost speaks up while they're praying and says, now, separate Barnabas and Paul to the work that I have called them to. And from then on, you begin to hear Paul, I want, he's writing to Rome, I want to come to Rome. You guys think I don't want, it's in me, I want to come to Rome. But the Holy Ghost won't let me. My desire is to come to be with you. I want to go to Rome. I want to be there. And you find Paul, we want to go here, but the Holy Ghost restrained it. The Holy Spirit restrained it. So he's allowed his life to be broken by God's purpose. Are you listening to me? And God to direct him where he wants to go. And so God begins to send him. Then he finds out through the whole process of that. Are you with me? So important to understand. And so we are blessed by being received, but we're broken by being divine to purpose. Being broken and separated from my plans. From my plans. That, that, that's a huge one. Are you with me? John chapter 6. Go, go to verse 15. Go to John chapter 6. Are you doing all right? John chapter 6 and beginning in verse 1, it, it takes you through the same thing, the account of feeding the multitudes. My favorite passage in this is verse 6. It's, it's Jesus is, it says that here, John's account is that Jesus is talking to Philip when he asked him, where, where, are we gonna, where should we buy bread to feed all these? But verse 6 says, but he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. One translation said Jesus is putting Philip to the test, but he already knew what he's going to do. Everybody look up here just for a moment. God already knows what he's going to do. Any situation you and I are in, God already knows what he's going to do. He already knows what, what he's going to do concerning you being coming out of your exodus and not being feeble, not being sick, and not being poor. He knows what he's going to do because he's waiting for you. All he's asking them to do is agree. All God ever asks us to do is agree with what he's wanting to do through our lives. Are you with me? But if I don't understand that I'm blessed, I'm too frustrated about meeting my needs that I don't have enough time or I'm too concerned about my resources that I can't sow, I can't give him my time, I can't give him my resources and, and all that stuff. And so I'm just too stressed trying to be blessed. The answer to bless is not stress. Are you with me? It, it isn't, it's never going to come. You're never going to get blessed through stress. But we're, we're fra- and we're trying, what are the, what do I have to do? What are the seven steps to being blessed? There's one step. Give your life to Christ. Period. There's no, but, but listen to it. Give your life to Christ. 
In fact, this morning as I was praying and, and preparing for this and, and, and just meditating on this, I, I thought about doing this illustration of bringing five loaves and two fish and, and illustrate like being the person that that was their lunch and they're giving it away. And so as it's going away, they're like tearing a piece off the back. Yeah. You can do what? Ain't no way, man. I better make sure that I, before I really, I better make sure just in case. I give you like Okay, there's like four and a half loaves. Let me just have the head of the fish for maybe for some soup. Yeah. <laughs> Are you with me? So as it's going, you're like getting it. <gasps> What's that in your mouth? <laughs> Amen? Because to believe, to believe. John 12, 24. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat Fallen to the ground, and what? Die. Die. It abides alone. And so to believe that I can sow my life into the soil of his kingdom, and the seed of my life now has the harvest. Can you get this? Your life is in seed form. And Jesus is asking you to sow the seed of your life, to trust him by sowing your seed of your life into the soil of his kingdom. And if you will, then the harvest that he assigned in your life when he created you, that if he can put a tree in an apple seed, then he has a harvest of increase inside you. But your seed has to be planted and die. And you have to live by resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 says, what is sown is not what is reaped. It goes through that transformation. The outer shell fall. And, and the, 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 the declared increase on the inside is what comes out. When the Lord first showed me this years ago, it set me free. I, I had, I, I, from that on, I didn't have to try to figure out how to do ministry. I have ministry. And if I try to make it, all I have to do is live the harvest that I have. I don't have to, it's not up to me to try to make my tree the biggest tree it can be. And that's a challenge of pastors and ministry. Everybody think, you know, I have to make, I have to grow into a sequoia to a magnanimous redwood or to be. No, you just, there's an assignment. You can't make his assignment. Nothing you can do can make his assigned purpose to your life any greater than what it already is. God assigned our purpose. What am I going to add to his assignment to my life? And so if I can just find my place of entering into rest and say, God, I'm content to be what you made me to be. I'm delivered from the competition of performance for acceptance. And I can, I can live in the peace of being blessed and being broken. And once I'm there, then it's, it's just such a natural flow to allow my life to be given away. And then you go, I do that. And then you just go, wow, God, this is amazing. Because you just keep, I should be losing and I'm never losing. There's this amazing flow. And you've heard me say it before on, on our offering. When, when it says name your seed, this is what I always name for my seed. Because I'm like this. I love to bless my kids. 
And I know God loves to bless me. And it's a cool, do you know, just the same way you know what you like, do you know that your Heavenly Father knows the stuff you like? So I don't have to worry about claiming little ditties. Amen. I put, the name of my seed is the continual flow of kingdom increase through my life. Every time I give, I believe God's going to increase that there will be a flow. My faith is to see a flow of kingdom increase. through my. I want my life to bring increase into his kingdom. God, give me more seed to sow. So that I want to see a greater. God, I want to give more. Years ago, I got so mad when God gave me some revelation in the area of giving on this. We had Dr. Ed Dufresne was here. How many heard about Dr. Ed Dufresne? His plane crashed and all. He died. Amazing man of God. He's here. We're doing a meeting. And I had to turn and ask my wife, honey, can we... We give $50 in the offering. And I would, something inside, and righteous anger rose up inside of me. I have to ask. I'm the pastor. I have to ask if we, if we can afford to give 50 stinking dollars in an offering to bless a man of God. And in, in that meeting, we had a man in stage four cancer get healed. And I'm here trying to figure out if I can scrape up 50 bucks. Man, I was mad. I got so mad I got in the Word. <laughs> Amen. And that's when I found out. It, because everything in here is threes. And I don't want to get into this tonight in this area of that. But even in giving. The church is stupid on principles of giving. And when you teach on giving, people get mad because you want your money. You're trying to get there. I, I don't need 10 cents of your. I was here before you got here. And if everybody leaves, I'll be here after you leave because you are not my source. I am here to teach you how to live and receive and walk in the fullness of God. I'm not intimidated by people so you don't teach on money to get money. I don't need your money. I'm trying to teach you how to plug in to the blessing of God. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. How can I say that? Because he does exactly what I gave him my life. In receiving my life, he blessed it by mixing my life with his. My life, I don't live out of myself. I live out of his life. Are you with me? And then I don't have any problem with him telling me what to do with my life. I gave up my own my, my self-sovereignty and my own God, little God consciousness. I don't need to be God of my life. I'm too small to be my own God. I choose to live with Him. And so that sets me free. But when it comes to giving, there's first fruit tithes and offering. Three principles to giving. And your tithe is not the first fruits. Your tithe is 10% of a gross. It's a tenth. The first is that it's connected to harvest. And the first was the wave offering at the beginning of harvest. God says, this is what you do. When, when you, at the beginning of an increase, you take the first portion of that increase and you go and you take it to the priest and it is a heave offering. It is a wave offering. And when you read in the Old Testament, the priesthood, Aaron and the priesthood lived off of the first fruits. The Levites and the widows and the orphans and the strangers were provided for out of the tithe. 
And then the Levites who received the tithe would take a tenth of the tithe and they would give it to Aaron and the priest as a first fruit. Are you with me? And then there were offerings that flowed with that. So, so there were other offerings and peace offerings and other things that flowed. And so when we learn how to flow in the threefold principle of giving, then that releases. Because first fruit says this, Lord, I believe you're the Lord of the harvest. You're the God of provision over my life. And Father, I thank you for this raid. I thank you for this increase. I thank you for this thing to come into my life. And so, Lord, this is what I'm doing. I'm stopping right here at the beginning. And I'm going to honor you. I'm going to worship you for the increase. Because by giving this... I'm acknowledging that if the first is blessed, everything that follows, there's a great harvest coming connected to my life. Amen. And so in 1998, Pastor Sue and I started living that. And I made a covenant with God. And the first thing that comes into my hand every month, I believe in God for a harvest. And then I'll sow that. Are you listening to me? And so God turned everything around in our life by living by that. But it's just the word of God. And it's a threefold principle. Moving right along. I didn't even mean to get into that. Maybe that helps somebody. But I'm talking about being defined to purpose and doing that. Broken and separated from my plan. But look what happens here. So, so they're feeding, Jesus is feeding them. He knows what he's going to do. I'm telling you that. He knows everything he's going to do about your life. Now watch this. Look down at verse 14 at the end of that. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This truly is the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed to a mountain by himself. So broken. So they were purposing. Here's God in the flesh, and they're purposing. We're going to make him be our king. We're going to make God do what we want him to do. And Jesus refused to be directed by the hand of man. And he'll, be, he'll refuse to be directed in your life by your hand. He wouldn't allow these men to direct him, and he won't allow you and I to direct him. Are you listening to me? And so it's so important. And so when we get that, think about the people that tried to do it. It said that, that's why it says in Acts 40 that, Lord, they prayed there and said, Lord, by stretching forth your hand to heal, that it comes from your hand, not from the hand of man. Think about the people who didn't get it right. Think about Saul. Saul had to do it his way. The prophet said, hey, Saul, when you go there, don't keep anything, kill everything, kill the king, kill everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, we just figured, you know, we heard, uh, and so Samuel shows up, what's this bleeding of the sheep that I hear? Well, you know, the people wanted to keep the best, and so he had an excuse for what he was doing. Oh, and the king, I just thought I'd save him until you got here, you know, or do I, but, and, and, and so at that moment, God took the anointing off of his life. Are you with me? What about Samson? God told him exactly how he wanted to, and he kept pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope, directing his life the way he wanted to do it. And it cost him his ministry. It cost him, I mean, just to destruct the kingdom. What about Gehazi? Gehazi got, got caught up by the deceitfulness of riches. Here, the, the Syrian king comes, Naaman comes to get healed, and he has this giant offering with him. And Elisha says, I don't want any of your stuff. Go home and heal. Who cares? I don't need your stuff. And then Gehazi runs after him. Ooh, 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 ooh. My master changed his mind. I said, okay, here, have the donkey. Took him off with all this stuff. I said, where were you? Oh, nowhere. I just went out, check on the apple tree. Whatever. I was out checking on stuff. You know, no, I saw you. 
And at that moment, he became leprous. Are you with me? How about Judas? Judas did what these guys wanted. He tried to force God's hand. Being a zealot, Judas was a zealot. He was a rebel. He was a radical. And he tried to force the hand of God to be king. If I betray him, he'll have to rise up. He'll have to defend himself. Are you with me? And so broken to purpose is a great challenge in our life. Great challenge. Because, but if we get those two right, then we're able to be given by being sent to meet a need. I, I'm getting ready to, to read a little book that my great uncle had on visions of heaven and hell. And can I tell you, there's one reason that Jesus came to this earth. Because man was not created for hell. There's one reason that God became flesh. Because man was not created for God's judgment. There's not one person in our county that was created for the judgment of God. There's not one person in this world that was created or deserves the judgment of God. That's why Jesus says that God so loved the world. Loves everybody. And our heart has to become his heart. We have to live the great commission. It has to be our driving. Our purpose has to be his mission. His mission is to seek and to save the lost. Look at Zacchaeus. Luke 19.10. The son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus up in the tree wanting to see the tax collector, the lowest of the low. A Jew who had gone over to the other side collecting taxes for the Romans and extracting payment out of God's people. And living rich off off of that extraction out of their life. And then he's up in the tree and and listen to what Jesus says. Zacchaeus, come down. Today I need to go to your house. God going and redeeming the lowest of the low. And Zacchaeus getting saved. He said, today I restore fourfold everything I've taken. Amen? And so Jesus reaching. That has to be our heart that we start living. If we get this, if we can live being, understanding we're blessed, if we can allow his brokenness to come to our life, and then we can live to give our lives away. I pray that you'd maybe get frustrated like, God, I don't want, be frustrated. If you feel like you can't give 50 bucks, you can't do this. Something frustrates you to where, God, I, I want to be able to live given in a greater measure than ever before. To see what God would do through your life. Amen? Look inside your outline. i got a couple minutes. I just want to touch a couple things. I put it back in because you're, you're going to hear us talking about it over and over. And we're, we're entering into a season that we're, I, I want to get this ingrained in each and every one of us. About who we are as a church and what we're supposed to do. I've been pastoring this church for 27 years. And so in doing that, it's time for us just to to rethink, to recalibrate, to restructure. But you do that by by getting back on vision. And, 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 And our vision has always been to reach, raise, and release. To reach our county with the gospel. That was the, the initial of our, first, uh, of our first mission saying We come here brand new as a pastor. We're going we're to reach our county. We're going to do every means possible. We want to raise people up. We want to cite people. We want to send people around. So we want to reach them. We want to raise them. And then we want to send them out to preach the gospel. That's the, that's the whole gospel in a nutshell. 
That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and what? Make disciples. And then when you make the disciple, what do you do? You send the disciple out. So he will do what? Go into all the world and make disciples. Are you with me? That's, that, that, that's the gospel. That, that's, that's core. That, that's job one. That's what we're to do. But if we get caught up on everything else, and we get caught up in that because we don't believe we're blessed. And, and we're living with frustrated. Come on. Can, let, let me just back this thing up just a little bit. The Lord said this to, to the centurion jailer. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. Okay, I believe that. I receive that. Glory to God. My, my family will be saved. I'm not, I walk by faith and not by... I don't care what I see. I don't care if my kid looks like he's demon-possessed. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what he's doing, what he's involved in, doing all kinds of other things. I, 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 I went through a whole season with my son Austin. I, I went through a whole season with my son Sean and doing different things. I watched him and, and, and different things. And I watched God work the whole thing out. To where Sean ends up getting saved, and now he's been in the ministry for 20 years. I watch the whole thing of my son Austin go through his whole thing. Because here's the deal. For you and I as parents, you need to hear this tonight. You can only teach your children the truth. You can't make them choose the truth. They have to come to the place where they choose it for themselves. And I told all of my children, I did my best to teach you the truth. And you know the truth. Now you have to choose it for yourself. And when Austin got stationed at Gettysburg, he had gone through problems and trials in his life. I said, son, you've known all that your problem is, is you know all the answers. You were raised in Christian school. You have memorized Bible verses. You get caught in a corner. You can get yourself out with all the answers. But it doesn't mean that you've given your life to Christ. And I told him, I said, son, you're in a new place. Nobody knows you. I said, you have never gone all in for God. Why don't you just make the choice to go all in? You make the choice to go all in. So he made the choice to go all in three and a half years ago. You know what happened? Now he's saved. Now he's married. You know what he's doing right now? He got out out of the Air Force last year in July. And now he's his associate pastor at Intersection Church in Gettysburg, California. Now he's in full-time ministry. He got his B.A. And now he's going on to get his master's in ministry. Yeah. Why? Because God said... You give your life and your household will be saved. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and your household will be. So your number one job is just to keep yourself centered in the will of God. You live for God. You be the man. You be the woman they need. You model for them what it means to live for God. And then you teach them to know the truth. And then you stand on the promise. God, you said my family would be saved. It's not on me. It is on you. Are you with me? Do you understand what the Syrophoenician woman said to the prophet? She said, I told you not to lie to me. I told you not to mess with me. And you gave me a son and now my son's dead. Go fix it. That's literally what she said. Because Elisha said, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she said, it is well. Because this is not my problem. This is yours. And you're going to get your hiney on your little donkey and you're going to my house. Mama had come to get an answer. You know what mama got? Her son raised from the dead because she stood on the word of God. 
the man of God delivered the word of God and she stood on the word and she held God accountable to his word. Are you listening to me tonight? And so if you and I, see what I'm talking about just at the very beginning, being blessed. I'm blessed because I'm covered with his word. I am in him and, and I'm engrafted into that. And so if I'm engrafted into that, this word will produce exactly what it contains in my life. My children will be saved. Well, I want them saved right now. Well, good for your tidy little self. God doesn't want them saved on your timeline. He wants them saved when it'll stick. He wants them saved so they'll be productive. So they'll produce the the harvest that he put on the inside of them. It might be when they're 79. Hopefully you're still here at 99 to see it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But see, what we do is we cancel the word and we speak against the word. And then we get so caught up over our loved ones and the people that we're so emotionally tied to, we never win another soul for the Lord. Because we're too busy caught up in our own little need, our own little desire, our own little want. Which is why Jesus said, if you're going to seek the kingdom, then you have to forsake. You have to love him above everybody else. And so when you get saved, you can't make your love for everybody else his will for your life. And you can't make him, you can't take him and make him save your children because you want them saved. Right now. This week. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. So you released him. I have to quit. And so, in doing this, about being reach, raise, and release. Reach, raise, and release. But getting back on this, because we can never go, I can never be given until I get to understanding that I'm blessed and I allow Him to bring brokenness so that I can be given. Once I allow myself to be given, it all works. Amen. It's just like, you know, my, my son Cody's not exactly where he should be right now. He's a great son. I'm super proud of him. He's amazing. So, so smart. He, like, got all the brains. I mean, computer stuff and things. I mean, he's amazing. We were doing math and stuff like that. It's amazing and stuff. But, but he, has to make, he has to make that rock-solid choice himself. And I've told him the exact same thing. I said, son, there's coming a day when you're going to have to make this choice yourself. I just come sit and agree and go with that. And God's working in his life. But I'm good. I'm at peace. I don't have to frustrate him. I don't have to tell him, you better be. I'm praying for you. You come out of your sinful ways. I've sent the Holy Ghost to you. You're in trouble. The hound dog of heaven is not going to let you sleep. You're going to go in that thing. You're here. Oh! You're going to know he's tracking you down. No, just stand and say, Father, I thank you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I gave my life to you. Lord, I've allowed you to define my life with your purpose. I'm living for you. Lord, I want to live given for you. And you said if I do that, If I live for you, my family would be saved. So every night, 
I sleep good. Through all these years, through everything, I just sleep good. That's why I wrote, I, I, I wish it was in this Bible. I wish it was in the other one. And you've heard me say it before. I'm, I'm, the Lord must be having me minister to somebody here. This has to be helping somebody. Because in, uh, uh, in 1987, 1987, February 1987, Beaver, California, two years before we came here to pastor, on a Sunday morning in church, the Spirit of God said to me, today I've delivered your son to you. Today, I, I, have, I have a Thompson Chain Bible up in my office. It has it written right now. Today, God delivered my son to me. February 1987. Do you know when Sean came here? And we got saved? February 1997. God's today was 10 years later. You know what I did? I didn't say that to myself. I didn't make that up. I didn't prophesy to myself. The Spirit of God spoke that into my spirit in a worship service while we're pastoring in Bieber. I wrote in my Bible. You know where it stayed? Right there. I didn't go, God, you said today. When's today? You said today. Today. Ten years doesn't sound like today. But it does. He said, I don't predict. He said, today I delivered you. He didn't say today he came home. You understand what I'm saying? He, he, just, he said, it's done. Okay, it's settled. Your son, I've given your son to you. Okay, cool. I'm good. Now, because of Sean, he actually, he's a slow learner. So he had to get shot in the face. So he has a testimony that I almost had my head blown off. And so maybe you have a knucklehead kid like I had. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but watch this. God said he delivered him. So I have no surprise that when the guy shot him in the face, that the bullet just went in the skin and traveled along his jawbone and came out of his ear and didn't hit anything. It just went through flesh. Yeah. And somebody point blank shot him in the face with a nine millimeter and he survived. And the angel of the Lord said, you can't kill him. We just need to wake him up. He listened to me. And the Lord said, your family will be saved. Now remember, and then Jamie, my daughter, used to pray for him every night for five years. Lord, save my brother. Let him come live with us in California. Lord, save my brother. Let him come live with us in California. Now they hardly get along together. I seem to go back to praying one for another. Amen. But anyway, see, sometimes you get your prayers in and say, Lord, could we like rethink this? Amen. (laughs) So anyway, but on that Sunday, first Sunday he's here. They're sitting in church together, and they walk to the altar together. Are you listening to me? I say, well, how does God do it? Because if you'll live blessed, broken, and given, you'll receive the promise. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you tonight for your word. Lord, teach us how to believe you. Teach us how to just enter into that place of rest, of knowing that we are blessed. Because we've given our lives to you. Father, help us to move past ourselves. And allow ourselves to be defined by your purpose, not ours. Father, forgive us for trying to move you with our hand. To move and to answer and to respond according to how we think you should be doing things. 
Holy Spirit, help us to walk in brokenness, in trust, trusting God. Lord, you said if we would trust in you in all of our ways, acknowledging you, that you would direct our paths. So Lord, we trust you. We allow that brokenness to take place. And then Father, we, we, we rest in knowing that your word is going to come to pass in our life. So now we know we can be given away to others. We, we can let all that worry, that stress, that frustration go right now. In Jesus' name. And we can allow ourselves to be given away to others. Knowing that after we've given, the more than enough, the baskets, the leftovers, we, we, we won't be lost. There'll be more than enough. The more than enough, more than enough shows up in our life. Father, tonight we thank you. We praise you. Come on, just put a hand up to heaven. Here.